Hey everybody, I'm Ollie. I'm Chris. And we are here to uh, tell you a couple things about the podcast that we forgot to mention in the first episode. Not that we forgot to, but that, you know, we didn't know what they were when we first started recording. Yeah, yeah, actually. Uh, so you might not think it from the very first episode, but this is our first time recording a podcast. And uh, whenever we were developing the podcast, we had no idea what the name was. And so that's why it sounds really weird when we splice in Smells Burnt <laughs> into the first episode. Purposefully sounds weird. <laughs> yeah, on purpose. So we kind of realized that there were some things that we forgot to mention. So we just wanted to take a little bit of time quick to explain those things. Yeah. The first thing is the title of Smells, well, dot, 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 Smells Burnt. Um, it's an inside joke between us group of friends. There's a game that it comes from, Breath of Fire 3, at the beginning you happen accidentally to char a bunch of people, and when you check them, it just says "smells burnt." And we thought it was so hilarious. Every time that Ollie would play it, we just type "smells burnt." It's like a burnt-out corpse, and you just like look at it and it says "smells burnt." Yep, <laughs> and it just stuck. I don't know why. Those just yeah. you know inside jokes do that. Yeah, but then when we were trying to figure out what to name the podcast, everything's already been taken. Everything, every anything we tried, it was either really bad and a really bad joke, like horrible, because I thought of it, or something that Ollie thought of that was already taken. So, <laughs> start a podcast in twenty twenty three. That's what happens. So yep. that's why podcast starting is down. Yeah, yeah, statistically. So smells burnt. A little bit of a weird one, but we're just gonna run with it. Hopefully, you guys don't find it too weird. Um, yeah, yeah. Another thing, number two, that we forgot to mention was how we choose what games are on the list for the randomizer. Do you want to explain that one or should I explain that one? Uh, you can go for it. Okay, sure. Uh, I mean, long story short, basically, we just gathered a list of all the games that Chris and I have access to and we put it into the list and that's what we choose from. Yep. And there are a lot of games that we have access to that we've never touched nor ever intended to touch unless it yep. comes up on the randomizer. Yeah. Part of the just as a maybe a little bit of an explanation as you'll see with this episode uh we have access to nintendo switch online which is one of these subscription services with lots of games and so because of that there's a little bit of a nintendo bias for us but we're not trying to just do only nintendo games or yeah. just retro games um but also you'll as chris will explain here in the the third thing we want to talk about it may be kind of retro oriented to start with for some reasons yeah so uh when we wrote the program for the randomizer. We decided, you know what? We don't want to jump around in series. So, like, there's a file that lists all the games that we've put in. If we roll a standalone game, we'll play it. But if we roll a series, the program then says, okay, what's the first game in the series that they haven't played yet? So, like, if we roll Zelda, we'll play the first Zelda. But then if we happen to roll Zelda again, we'll play the second Zelda. And it'll go down through, like, release date-wise. So that way we're not like jumping to Twilight Princess and then to like Wind Waker and then to Link to the Past and then to Minish Cap, just to keep it a little bit more consistent. And we can see the progression. And then when we talk about those, since we've already played the previous ones on the podcast, we can like hearken, hearken back. Uh, we can hearken back. Uh, what's the, the word I'm looking for? Refer back. We can refer back to the previous episode and our previous experience. So yeah. Yeah. those are just kind of the things we wanted to bring up before the start of the second episode. Yeah, we're recording this very much after the second episode. But yeah, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, be sure to send in your thoughts or listener letters, and we'll try to include it in a future episode. And let's get after it. Let's do it. Here's episode two. Wait, what do we choose? I have to go back and insert it into the last episode. <laughs> game by game, random encounters around the console.
game random by uh, encounter games. Two times two is four. Hello, welcome. Good afternoon, good morning, wherever you are. Welcome to Smells Burnt. Yeah. We just came up with that name. <laughs> yeah, we definitely didn't insert it into the last episode post-production. No, but I think it's a good one. I think it captures like kind of a little bit of like togetherness. It's yeah. kind of like a fireside, sitting around the campfire, telling stories, chatting yeah. about video games. You know, cozy. Which, you know, oh, I wanted to ask you, Ollie. Okay. Editing last week's, last week's, last times, it's not, it's been over a week. It's been longer. You were like, oh, what was like your first slash favorite gaming memory or whatever? And I like talked about it. And then we ended up talking about Chrono Trigger. But I never got to ask you what your like first slash most memorable gaming memory was. Oh, heck. That's a hard question. But not actually that hard because like immediately as you said that comes to mind something. Okay, so this is going to be really, it's going to be a little bit uh, saccharine, I suppose. Um, so in my house. Well, okay, for those people who are as smart as both of us. Could you define saccharine for everyone? Well, I mean, just like kind of sappy, kind of corny. Not really corny, but like kind of not really cheesy either. Just like really uh, nice, I guess. So so in my household, uh, my mom did not like video games. My dad was kind of chill with video games. Like he played like Galaga in the arcades way back when. But my mom was like super against video games. And so it took quite a bit of effort to convince her to like allow video games into the household and like i remember when we got the gamecube christmas i guess that was like 2001 or whatever and we were like so psyched we're like we can't believe it we actually got a gamecube but that's not the memory that i want to share um so when my brother and i like graduated from uh, high school and we were both in college my sister was still in high school um beatles rock band came out and you have to understand that like there was a little bit of a period of time where like the whole family was just overtaken by Beatlemania. Obviously, mom and dad listened to the Beatles a lot growing up. My mom especially, she had a lot of the records. But there was just like a period where like we like my sister, my brother and I just got like super into it and was, I like, I knew you all at this time and I can attest that this is a true statement. <laughs> like it was yeah, all about we were, the Beatles. <laughs> we were super my sister loved the Beatles, super into it. We even got like some copies of like some of their movies like hard days night which of which i've seen because i watched them at your house yeah yeah and they're they're great movies hilarious but yeah so beatles rock band was a big deal because the beatles had never really released any of their catalog for this sort of thing and so my brother and i pooled our money our college money to buy my sister beatles rock band because she was super into guitar hero she didn't play a whole lot of video games but she loved guitar hero so we did that and like we were super excited for it like super excited to give it to her we come home that weekend to celebrate her birthday. We give her this. And then mom and dad are like, let's just hop over to the store and buy Rock Band 2 with all of the instruments. So then all of a sudden, not only do we have Rock uh, Beatles Rock Band, but we have the drums. We have another guitar. We have a mic. And then we literally have the entire family, including my mother, playing Beatles Rock Band. I was on drums. My sister was on guitar. My brother and my dad would alternate on the other guitar. And my mom would sing. And that is still one of my absolute favorite video game memories. Which, Beatles Rock Band is definitely the best, just like Guitar Hero so Rock Band. It's, so it's all so good. I remember playing Beatles Rock Band. Oh, yeah, all the time. We played it multiple, multiple times. So yeah, fun. it's great. It's great. The interesting thing about that, though, is we can't really play Beatles Rock Band 
on uh, on this podcast because I think we might still have the plastic instruments at my mom parents' house in Texas, but like <laughs> it's just not feasible no, these yeah. days, which yeah. is a shame because it's, it's a really great. good game. Like I like I really enjoyed playing Rock Band with friends, uh, but Beatles Rock Band is my favorite memory of playing that with like you guys at your house. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure, for sure. Yeah. Well, now you know a little bit more about Ollie. But yeah, Beatles, if you haven't played, if you've played Rock Band and haven't played Beatles Rock Band, you're missing out. Or if you like the Beatles and haven't tried it, you're also missing out. Yeah, they did a great job. I loved all the visualizations. But unfortunately, cool. wait, what were the names of the Beatle members? <laughs> Are you serious? Let's see, there was John, Paul, uh, George, and Ringo. Wasn't there a Jim? Earthworm Jim? <laughs> oh my gosh, Chris. Are you no, serious? No, I'm not putting that in. <laughs> you had better the psychic damage you just gave me that has to go in that's going in holy cow so so yeah we played uh, earthworm gym yeah, whoa, whoa. we played earthworm gym two two because that's the one that's on Nintendo yeah Switch and Online. i'm pretty sure that's all the earthworm gym that we need to experience due to how unique it is so it's so unique <laughs> earthworm gym two was developed by shiny entertainment um they did the first one and the second one they didn't do the ones after that and didn't really do any other games that did well and are now really not a company so you know um maybe like the creators of earthworm gym as the concept formed the studio probably yeah like earthworm gym was their first game so Earthworm Jim 2 came out on November 15th, 1995. So kind of towards the end of the SNES lifespan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was originally developed for the Genesis. And then they kind of put it on the SNES and released them at the same time. I could see that, yeah. It does kind of feel like a Genesis game. Did they actually ever release it on the Genesis or only Super Nintendo? Um, from what I saw on Wikipedia, it was like they only released it in Japan as like a download thing that they did over there on the Genesis and, but also released it on the SNES. Interesting. So I think last time I mentioned that the genre was an action platformer and I was incorrect. Yep. It is technically a run and gun platformer. So I, I mean, I could see it. It's not, it's not a gunstar heroes though. Cause it's not like you're just mowing down. Okay. I have gunstar heroes later in my notes, so we will come back to that. Okay. All right. Um, It is the second, it's a single-player game, and it's second in a four-game series. The first one came out in October of 94. Second one came out November of 95. The third one, you know how they like do puns sometimes in names? It's called Earthworm Jim 3D, kind of like Shrek 3D. And like Shrek 3D, it also sucked. So <laughs> it came out November 4th, 1999, so about four years later. Um, okay. It got bad reception. Um, and then... Six days later, another game got released, Earthworm Jim Menace to the Galaxy, with a two, not the word two, but the number two, um, for the Game Boy Color, which also got bad reception. But these weren't made by Shiny Entertainment. They were made by other people. And that was the end of the Earthworm Jim series. And I'm sure someone is sad about that. Maybe. I'm curious what, like, critical reception of the first two games was. Oh, they had actually pretty good... The first one got pretty good reception, and the second one got really like even better reception than that. Like a lot of people really liked Earthworm Jim 2. There you go. Yep. Um, the platforms that it was eventually released on. Are you ready? Sure. Genesis, SNES, 
Saturn, MS-DOS, PlayStation, Game Boy Advance, Windows, Mac OS, Linux, and the Wii Virtual Console. So it was quite ubiquitous. I do seem to remember, like, I don't know if there's like a cartoon show or like a comic book. I just seem to remember seeing Earthworm Jim. There like was like a, I think it was supposed to be like a, a new thing, like a new IP that they were going to like do a bunch of stuff with. And sure. seeing as that, you know, we barely remember it. You can see how that went. <laughs> well, I barely remember a lot from the 90s. <laughs> That's but true. Anyway. That's true. Okay. So now it's time for our initial impressions. What did you think All right. when you like booted up the game and started playing like the first level or so? Uh, I didn't like it. <laughs> Straight into the meat of the argument. Okay, so I'm gonna. I'm just gonna be clear. Like, I'm gonna be my. I'm gonna do my level best to make this an objective conversation about Earthworm Jim Two. I don't like it as a game, but there are good things about okay. it. Okay. But yeah, my first initial impression was just like also a bit of confusion because the game just kind of. I, I think this is one of those games that had an instruction manual that told you what was going on because you have, I think. Like the Nintendo screen, and then you have Earthworm Jim playing an accordion, and some like lady of some kind—I don't even know what species it is—but this lady is just sitting here, gets kidnapped by this bad guy who I think is like a fish in a fishbowl head suit or something. Anyway, so it gets kidnapped, and then it's the title screen, and then it says press start, and then you immediately start playing. So you just kind of get thrown in there, and I'm like, I don't know where to go. Yeah. There's these random guys that swoop in out of nowhere and start shooting you. And you're like, I don't know what I'm doing. But yeah. yeah. Um, for me, like we both played it on the SNES app from Nintendo Switch Online because it's there. Um, yep. I ended up to- in total only playing about 90 minutes of it. And Probably I mentioned same. it in the last episode that when we, when it was selected that I we had rented it for some reason as kids. I don't think we uh-huh. picked it. I think my dad happened to just randomly pick it up. And the first uh-huh. level was exactly as I remembered it. Weird, janky, and not attention-grabbing. Yeah, it's like, it has all these kind of interesting Marscapes. I don't know if you can visualize, like, these kind of round, but spiky foreground and background, like, rock yep. formations. And that and is the only... Very evocative. That was the only preconception I had of Earthworm Jim, because that's all that sure. I played, was the one yep. level. Oh, and also, I should mention, Earthworm Jim is pretty iconic for its his main weapon, his like laser ray gun. It's just kind of like a, just like has a, a thousand shots, shoots super crazy. Um, if you ever play Enter the Gungeon, they did an homage to oh, really? that game, to Earthworm Jim, where you can get his gun. And it's not a very accurate gun, but it has a thousand ammo. It's just like, <laughs> That's really funny. just on loadout. Enter the Gungeon is a great game. Know. It is a good game. I'd be happy to talk about it on the podcast. Because I played a I lot. think I put it in the thing. Heck yeah. Because I also own that game, so... So gameplay, uh, what kind of game is it? It's kind of like a joke game. So I would say that the gameplay is like kind of a typical kind of run and gun. Like you say, like you have a, you're moving around, you can jump, you can shoot, you have a, like a swing kind of attack. You also can like whip your, I mean, earthworm Jim is an earthworm in a spacesuit, And so he has like a worm head. He can whip his head, whip himself. Yeah. Like his space suit whatever. whips his head I don't, yeah I don't so know. like yeah grabs himself and like whips it so you have a very variety of different abilities and attacks and stuff it to me it kind of tries to stand out through its weird humor like edgy 90s humor you know so we're going to talk about that now uh we can 
it's just that's what it seems to try and separate itself from like you know a normal platformer like a mario or something like that yeah i guess yeah i mean i would kind of slot that more under like the art part of the podcast that section but sure. like if we want to talk about it now uh, yeah, let's, I, let's just get agree. into it yeah so very much 90s very much like snot is like a huge thing there's like dirty pigs there's like exploding bodies and just kind of very gross humor it's not like scatological or flatulent thankfully but <laughs> it's just kind of gross it's kind of yeah. unnerving too it is a lot of muted colors yeah except for earthworm himself he's yeah like definitely sticks out on the screen you cannot lose yourself in the environment yeah. for sure yeah. so i wanted to talk about the mechanics a little bit go for it um how far did you get so i think i played if i can remember i got to the fourth level so you do the first level, and then the second level, you kind of run around, and you have to, like, dig through the level, right? Yeah, like, there's dirt and stuff. The third level is, like, a weird bonus stage where you're bouncing puppies on, like, a marshmallow. Yeah, except it's like more like a boss stage instead of a bonus stage, but it doesn't feel like it. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of, um, isn't there, like, a Game & Watch game? Like, Fire, where there's people jumping out of a flaming building, and you have to, like, uh, bounce yeah. them on trampolines. It's a similar kind of concept, actually. Yeah, and we'll get to that. <laughs> Um, so the first two levels are kind of like run and gun. And when I say run and gun, I don't mean gunning while running. I mean, you can run and jump and you can stand still and shoot. Yeah. Um, and to that, I say, give me Gunstar Heroes or give me death. Because (laughs) in Gunstar Heroes, you can run and shoot. If you never played it, it's like a side scroller. And I can't stand when you can't shoot while moving, you know? Yeah, it's super annoying. And like the main gun, you like shoot it. And like, you can only see where you're aiming, like maybe like, the width or the height of earthworm gym away and then she's like oh yeah you're still shooting over there but we're not giving you any visual indication that yeah and that's another kind of like iconic thing about this gun and as in enter the gungeon is that there's like explosions next to the barrel of the gun but then the bolts are invisible and then you can see where it's hitting yeah which i didn't really like that some other mechanics or level styles okay are you ready sure um so we talked about the puppy level where you like run back and forth and bounce them on a giant marshmallow across the screen really did not enjoy the level not at all um the trajectory of the puppies didn't make sense logically well it's difficult because where earthworm where Jin is is not where the marshmallow is and it's like in front of you so you have to like drag it forward and backward you have like a lunge move but it's very hard to like calculate it's hard to see where the hitbox is for the marshmallow and like you're saying, like the arcs of the puppies as they fly through the air is difficult to trace. Like they lose their horizontal momentum very quickly. Yeah. So on those levels, I ended up just like, I know that if they throw it the short distance, it's going to be here. And then I had to guess the rest of them. Yeah. You know? Really. Then there was the weird flying hover water-ish level that I think is the fourth level that you stopped on. Yep. That was the point where I started like... The puppy level got me like frustrated, but I really started getting annoyed on the hovering level, water level. I want to point out really quick, again, this is like an art direction thing. You're floating through an intestine. The walls are lined with villi. Yeah. It's really unnerving. It's really gross. And definite art direction there. Sure. And like, again, this is very much my opinion. Because once we get to the actual art section, I do have some thoughts to share about it. But like, that would be great. That's not my thing. Yeah. So some other levels, you ride on a rocket 
in like an isometric perspective and you have to escort a bomb to the end and it is so annoying i mean that sounds kind of cool that they have that variety there is a variety but it's kind of like everything just isn't as good as you want it to be oh i love that so and then i stopped a few levels after that i did like three puppy levels there's three of them yeah it just keeps going (laughs) and they're like all basically the same it's just they throw more puppies and it's a little harder to run around but I, i didn't like the first one i didn't like the next ones um then there's a level I I just kind of like watched a speed run and like jumped through it to see the different types of levels. There's one where your head turns into a balloon and you just rise up constantly and things try to swat at you to make you fall back down. That's co- that's a common game mechanic. Yep. Yeah. One of the running gun levels is food based. Like bacon is where you walk and there's a bunch of forks everywhere and there's like sunny side eggs. Yeah, I can see that. And then the last level is like a futuristic space running gun level. Okay. Um, and from the speed run, I don't know if they did a glitch. There's no final boss. You just beat the final level and you beat the game. So I could see it. Yeah, honestly. It's interesting. So having looked at speed running, I looked at the leaderboards. The fastest person on any percent, can you take a guess at how long it took them? Well, since you're saying that there isn't really a lot of like skips or glitches, I would say probably... See, that's the thing is it doesn't have a lot of skips or glitches. It's probably going to be somewhere between 30 minutes to an hour is my guess. Um, so the fastest person is 22 minutes and 20 okay. seconds. So you weren't far off. Now that was for the Genesis and that was set like six years ago. Wow. Um, and then for the SNES, they did it in 23 minutes and 45 seconds, 43 seconds. Um, and that was like a year ago. So sure. I don't think people are really running it anymore. If you are into Earthworm Jim and want to speed run, you can give it a try. It's only, it's less than half an hour if you're good. So yeah, there is that. So now on to the art. Art direction. So, okay, so I I would like to go first. Okay. And then right. I'll let Ollie give his thoughts. All right. Sounds good. The art style is very distinct. Like, I don't know if I've seen an art direction quite like it since the 90s. Since the 90s. I was about to say it kind of skews similar to like Ren and Stimpy, but it's still kind of its own thing. Well, I've never seen. I never watched Ren and Stimpy. Fair but yeah interesting concept of earthworm in a suit and apparently his like snot thing that he throws out is his sidekick named snot which i did not know so the snot is just kind of riding around inside the suit with him yeah i guess and i said that the art style is probably on the podcast but i'm like grimacing on camera i'm just like i would say that the art direction is probably the best part of the game agreed now on to you ollie all right so yeah what i wanted to say was you can one, you can tell it's a late SNES game. Like I'm gonna set aside my aesthetic taste as to the the art direction and graphics for the game. It's pretty well done. Like the animation has a lot of frames, very evocative environments, a lot of muted colors, which is kind of interesting. Um, when you beat a level, it shows this like picture of two cows, and one of them is like, "Good job," and then the other one smiles. But it's like a very realistic one because it's like dithered and all that stuff. And that kind of consistent, like throughout the graphics, they, it's clear that they had really good artists that were doing good art. And so like, I would say objectively, it's a very good looking game. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Subjectively. I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's like, okay. So as, as a, a perfect crystallization of it. So you have this puppy level, right? So it's on a farm. And when we get to the music section, I'll have another thing about this level. Uh, you're on a farm in this like dissolute, wasteland slash graveyard 
It's like very dreary. I don't know why. The villain is throwing puppies out of the top window of the loft of the barn. And so they're like these weird kind of like pink sacks of flesh kind of bouncing around. If they if you miss them with the marshmallow, they explode on the ground. Yep. Um, but you're just kind of like bouncing them across. And on the other side of the screen or on the other side of the field, there's this dog, kind of a larger dog standing on top of, I think, a dog house that has a funnel on top. And he's trying to like catch the puppies. The yep. dog is also pink. So it looks like maybe it's, it's the father of these puppies. But if you miss enough puppies, the dog like gets mad, pulls its ears out, flies into the air, morphs itself into a whirling Tasmanian, like pink, terrifying force of nature and just like kills you. Yeah, it's like a mass of warts almost. Disgusting. It doesn't kill you. It hurts you like 30%. Sure, but, sure. Yeah. But like that's what happens. And then you're like, you have to like take a breather and then you're back into it and it calms down and goes away. But it's just like... For a while, I did, like when I first played the level, I was like, I don't know what's going on because I would miss puppies. And there was like a little like counter of like what happens if you miss too many puppies. But like, I didn't know that this thing would just like fly at me and just like rip me to shreds. Just like, oh, yeah, it was an interesting art direction to take for sure. Very much 90s. Very much that kind of like gross humor kind of 90s. A lot of pigs, pigs and pig styes that you're fat and throwing around yeah cows there's lots of cows in the game lots of cows yeah but yeah i mean i think that was a pretty good summary of the art like sometimes it's fairly normal and then it just gets really weird really fast and it is jarring and i'd be interested to hear somebody who has something to say for it or positively because i think we both have a similar kind of taste in our art direction maybe somebody loves this who knows who knows so you wanted you had mentioned music with yeah. These. So I don't have much to say about the music. I had to play with the sound off due to people sleeping and stuff. Sure. So I didn't really hear much of the music. I did eventually go see what the cows were saying at the end of every level. And I was like, wow, I didn't miss much. <laughs> and that's all I have to say about music. I will say that like the, okay, again, objective first and then subjective. Objective, like the sound samples are pretty good. Like you have like, hey, and like stuff like that, but it's like not super crunchy. So they probably left a good amount of room on the cart for their samples. Mm-hmm. Um, the music was pretty low key, pretty ambient. Like in the first level, it just kind of has a little bit of a drone. But again, like I think they tried to like they intentionally make the volume lower so it's not distracting too much. But on the um, on the on the puppy level, when you're bouncing the puppies around for whatever reason, they like arranged. I think it was like the marriage of Figaro. <laughs> what or like okay like i missed out yeah like some kind of like opera song that's obviously kind of like open so open to like public domain or whatever hmm. but it was just like it kind of just had this going to the subjective part it had this like cognitive dissonance of just like really weird stuff it doesn't really connect super well and again it's well done like i, I would objectively say the music and the sounds are well done but it's a lot of like splats and farts and incongruous music just very strange yeah agree Maybe that's the point maybe the point is just to be strange and i like watched the beginning of a let's play to get a feel for some of that i guess and the sound effects while high quality sampling were like even in the 15 seconds i watched i was like oh that is too much like i don't they're like annoying this. like yeah. every time you get hit jim is like whoa whoa <laughs> <laughs> it's just like so annoying yeah Yep. So, I mean, as far as the writing goes for the characters, 
all the characters have pretty unique designs. Like, you know, I think they designed it well and implemented them into the game well. Sure. Um, good art. Good art. The story. I, yeah, I had to look it up on earthwormjim.fandom.com. Good for them. Good for whoever is keeping maintaining that <laughs> fandom page. I applaud you. Wow. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to just read it. And I'm not replacing any words with what was on the fandom page. Okay. You're just saying it verbatim. Earthworm Jim 2 follows the exploits of a Annelid superhero Jim and his new sidekick Snot as they try to rescue Jim's beloved princess, what's her name, from a forced marriage to the nefarious Psycho. Love it. And Princess What's Her Name apparently is her name. I love that. Actually, I, I unironically like that. I, I thought it was pretty funny when I read it. I was like, oh, that's actually pretty clever. Yeah. The dialogue is a lot of, hey, whoa, and then talking cows. So <laughs> there's not really dialogue. Yeah. Was this pulled from the instruction manual, you think? Uh, maybe. I don't know. Because I don't know if there's much to like pull from the actual game itself. Yeah, I don't think there's much dialogue. Anyway, do you have any fun stories or memories of this game? Of this game at all? I mean, I mentioned this briefly on the last episode, but just like, just the memories of playing it in basements, which is always oh, a yeah. nice thing. <laughs> like, like my 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 aunt in her the basement of her house, they had these weird trolls <laughs> on the walls, like on these shelves on the walls. They had a puppet of the ghost Slimer from Ghostbusters. That was like this weird latex puppet. So it's kind of gross and like gangly and shook around and we would throw it at each other. And then we're having sleepovers. We'd often have like cousin sleepovers. And so you're playing Earthworm Jim on their ancient computer and having these sounds follow you into (laughs) your dreams. Just, oh. Whoa. (laughs) Splat. (laughs) Yeah. So I mentioned a couple times we rented it when I was a kid. We never got past the first level that I remember. I didn't like it then and i don't like it now <laughs> you'll have to wait till the end to find out what i think oh, about yeah, it yeah, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> um we didn't really do any challenges we didn't give each other challenges i think trying to enjoy the game was hard enough <laughs> that was a challenge yes so i mean and it, honestly i feel kind of bad because i don't like being so like negative about a game and i really want to hear if anybody listens to this podcast send in some mail about if, whether you love this game or what you like about it because you you know what? I think it what I think it was like for teenagers or preteens when it 90s. came out I in the nineties. I could see that, and we missed that, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe somebody older than us has really fond memories of Earthworm Jim. Yeah, or younger than us. You'll never know our age. <laughs> so I looked at the backs of the box. For, to back of the box. I realized I said backs of the box last time, and you can't edit out that. <laughs> so I just sound like an idiot. So back of the box quote. At least you didn't say back of the boxes. <laughs> yeah. The the quote that I picked out was two times two is four. <laughs> Verbatim. <laughs> what does that even mean? So what is that referring to? For context, for context, like the part at the top of the box says two times the fun, two times the excitement, apparently referring to Earthworm Jim, the first one. Sure. And then the very next line is two times two is four. And there's nothing that follows that? And then it talks about how great this second game is. But just the... Uh, why? That's it. I was like, what? That's marketing, I guess. Why, what does the four mean? Let's just say that the back of the box was spit and facts. Because two times two happens to be four. It was four. 
Oh, yeah. Game. So as Ollie mentioned earlier, for listener letters, there's no listener letters this week. Feel free to write in. Let us know what you think. We go to the we go to the post office every day. <laughs> the post and office. Sit and yeah. Wait, wait to see if someone will mail us before we even publish the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that's basically why I don't have any listener letters. We haven't published yet. That's yeah. fine. Still working on it. But here comes the part where we rate the game and you find out what we really thought after talking about it. I think I went, no, you went first last time. So I will go first this time. Sure. I will give it zero out of two thumbs up. And I might sound like a grumpy gamer because that's what I gave it last time. But this time is definitely a zero out of two. I didn't think it was funny. I didn't think it was. Just to to make sure you're not thumbs down. You're not a thumbs up. You're just zero. Uh, Well, it's either thumbs up or no thumbs up. I thought we were doing thumbs up and thumbs down. Oh, then it's definitely two thumbs down. Two thumbs down? Yeah. Okay, good. So yeah, I think we should <laughs> we should just make sure on this because I was kind of expecting you could either do two thumbs up, one thumb up, no thumbs, one thumb down or two thumbs down. Okay, yeah. I like sure. that because then you can be like neutral on it. Yeah. Or whatever. And you know, honestly, that works out because Pilot Wings, I was neutral on it. Yeah. 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 You know, I like it. I like it. Um, but this is two You're out two of two thumbs, thumbs down. down. Um, I didn't think it was funny. I didn't think it was funny. Um, when I was a kid, I didn't think it was funny. Now I, I, I think that playing it, playing it for two minutes will give you a feel for the most of the game, but you aren't really missing anything from not playing it unless you want to experience a microcosm of the nineties. Yeah. And there's other things you could experience that are more fulfilling. Yep. More satisfying. Well, Ollie, what do you think? So going into this, I was kind of thinking it was just going to be like, a neutral, a zero, mm-hmm. because like I was saying before, my personal taste did not like the game whatsoever, but I could see some kind of merit. I could see some artistic merit, some art merit with some other things. So I don't know. I would say maybe like one thumb down or somewhere in the middle, like a half thumb down. We're not doing, oh, you, half can't do half. you can't do half. We're not doing half thumbs. So I'll, I'll just go with like neutral. Neutral. So yeah. n- zero out of two thumbs. Yeah, so no thumbs down, no thumbs up, just flat thumbs. Okay, interesting. Yeah, you know, you mentioned going into it with that mindset, and I tried to like it. Like, I played it far past. Played more than I did. Well, yeah, and I played it far past what I would normally play a game that I didn't like. Just like, is there something here that I'm missing because I didn't play it far enough, you know? Mm-hmm. And I didn't find anything that I enjoyed, you know? But like, that's kind of the point of the podcast, right? It's to experience games and to like push ourselves a little bit, get outside of the comfort zone. Yep. That's exactly what this podcast is for. So if you played Earthworm Jim, I hope that you enjoyed your time playing a game with us. (laughs) But now comes the fun part where we find out what is next. What are we going to play next? What are we going to play next? Spin the wheel. I'm spinning the wheel now. Insert spinning the wheel sound effect that I haven't written yet. I kind of want to say spin the wheel, Alex Trebek, but Trebek is not the host of Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> it's, uh, what's his name? I know Vanna White is the person that pushes the, the like the letter screens. Oh, we're playing a game from 1986. Um, I believe it's on the NES and it's called Mighty Bomb Jack. Why'd you put Mighty Bomb Jack on the list? I put everything that was on the Nintendo Chris, Switch. Chris, there's stuff. so much garbage on there, though. <laughs> hey, that's what this podcast is for. Oh finding out gosh. fun things. Can we do two games? Yeah, I mean, if you think 
that this game will not take long, which I don't think it will. I can roll again. I don't really want to play it for longer than 30 minutes. <laughs> All right. I'm going to, I'm going to, we're going to, this is a rare opportunity, everyone, where we're going to get a second game. I think okay? anytime that this is, this is going to happen a lot. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. All right. Okay. We're playing a game from 2001. December 20th was the release date. It's for the GameCube. Oh. You and I have both played it before. Uh, Rogue Leader. It is Ikaruga. Ikaruga? Yep. Oh, I would happily play Ikaruga. I can talk a lot about that. Oh, yeah. So we're going to do a two-parter. We're going to do a Mighty Bomb Jack, and we're going to do Ikaruga. Now, how do you pronounce it, Oli? I mean, it's Ikaruga. Ikaruga? Okay. It's Japanese, so you just pronounce it like that. So if you only have access to the Nintendo Switch app, then... Join us for Mighty Bomb Jack. Um, and if you can find a way to play Ikaruga, please join us. And we will... It's on the eShop. They ported it to the Switch. Oh, so did they really? Excellent. Yeah, it's on the, you can play it via Xbox because it came out on Xbox Live Arcade or whatever. Um, and that should be backwards compatible. Or you can play it on the Switch. I have it on the Switch. I also have it on GameCube. Yeah, that's, that's the version that I played at your house. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have Sweet. the Dreamcast version, but I do have it on the GameCube. Nice. All right. Well, sorry, Mighty Bob Jack. I'm going to play mostly Ikaruga instead. <laughs> hey, you got to get some so we can talk about it. But right. we'll have like, we'll maybe do like a blurb of like shorter games, you know? Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. Well, I guess we'll see how this goes because Mighty Bomb Jack, I don't know if it has a whole lot of, it's also an NES game. So they're a bit smaller. Yeah. I do want to make sure that we I give it its full attention. But I yeah. will say right now that Ikaruga is one of my favorite games of all time. So I would it's just. true probably not but i can attest to that because it has been his one of his favorite games for a very long time yes all right well thanks for joining us we'll see you next time when we talk about mighty bomb jack and ikaruga awesome